and welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert, alongside Jacob Schrader, bringing y'all some of the latest in esports, NFT, and crypto news. But before we get started, a word about our sponsor, EMP.Money. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Excited to get into some exciting esports gaming news today. EMP Money has been a sponsor of the Esports Forever podcast and Send Sports for almost half a year now. Wow. It's been a lot of fun working with them. Mm -hmm. uh, EMP is what it has always been. It's an awesome community and crypto protocol built around Ethereum on the Binance Smart Chain. There's a ton of ways to generate passive income and invest, uh, and you can learn about how to do so with their free academy. Um, so you can find everything simply by you know, heading to your browser and going to emp.money. Uh, that's the whole URL. That's all you need to worry about, uh, and you can get started investing there today. Thank you so much, Jacob, and a big shout-out to EMP.Money. Thank you for being one of our sponsors. And, uh, folks, go check them out. Great community, great people. Uh, they are there. They have always been there for their community. And uh, for us, that's what matters. While we do not give out official financial advice, we do recommend EMP.Money. Okay, starting off this week with something we haven't actually talked about in quite a long time that I consider esports due to their push to the online scene, Magic the Gathering. Now, Jacob, I come from a, a card game background for quite a few games, and even in college, uh, freshman year, I delved into MTG just to try it out. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I'm bringing up MTG is because they're re-releasing a card that time and time again they've redone ever since the base set of Magic. Everyone knows about that classic Black Lotus card where you tap it, turn it to the side, and all of a sudden you get a pool of three-color mana for, for nothing. It was, a, it was a free card to put down, and you could get mana from it. Now, the game economy isn't that kind anymore to players. However, players have found ways to make new iterations of this card work. And so, without further ado, we have the one and only Timeless Lotus a five-block card, meaning that it costs five mana to cast, mm -hmm. that when you tap it will provide one of each color of mana on the field. This is a big card, and people are talking about in this article more specifically about how players have made use of a previous iteration of this card called Gilded Lotus that did somewhat of the same, but instead of providing, I, I believe, five different mana of one of each color, provided three. And so players can definitely make use of this card in the upcoming standard, which is what this article is arguing about. It says, look, this card's going to be useful. It's going to be used. Players can find a way to make this work. Because if you if you sack five mana to put this down, all of a sudden you get five back that very turn. So yeah. that's pretty bad. You know, I'm not understanding the different types of mana to explain you know, explain how that works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in Magic the Gathering, there are five different types of cards at its base, uh, and, and those cards are based on different types of mana. Think of Pokemon with Elementals, but Magic the Gathering was one of the first games that came along and said, hey, we're going to have these five different core groups, and each of these groups represents a different type of card. So uh, there's red, green, blue, black, and white. Black is like a, a darker necromancer-type death style of card. So you'll mm -hmm. typically find vampires, queens yeah. of the dark, you know, uh, so, Liliana so of the Veil. Yeah, and, and, you know, to play one of these necromancer cards, you can only do so with necromancer mana. 
Correct. So a lot of them will be specific about how many mana you will need. Uh, although there are always exceptions, Jacob. Card games yeah. like to throw in lots of exceptions all the time. So there is a notion of that something may cost a certain amount of mana, but it doesn't specify which kind. So it'll be colorless, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the five, they call them the five basic planes of magic. And these mm -hmm. planes represent different types of, of elemental, like energy and, and, and where different cards are coming from. So red, red decks are seen as aggro. Green decks are seen as healing decks where you're constantly healing yourself, so you, it makes it a lot harder for your opponent to kill you. White decks are sort of a little bit of healing, a little bit of uh, uh, generating kind of tokens onto the battlefield. Yeah. Green does, uh, does that too. Uh, black decks are are decks that kind of have a lot of lifesteal, uh, like vampires and stuff, and okay. undead okay. and stuff like that. And then blue decks are uh, probably the most finicky. Those are known as control decks. And so blue cards. Uh, so let's say, uh, Jacob, you cast a spell for two mana. I can react to you casting that spell and counterspell you. And basically, yeah, yeah. it's as if you just didn't cast that card. That's cool. And blue decks will do that to you over and over and over again. So it's almost like you get cocked basically the entire game. Yeah. You know, this reminds me pretty much of uh, God's Unchained. That's a crypto version of this game. You know, Gods of Chain doesn't have that interesting mana mechanic, right? I'm going to guess that some of, like, the eight-cost mana, that it, you know, it's specified that you need a certain amount of, you know, that class-specific mana, but lower, you know. And I bet there are also neutral cards, yeah? Yes, yep, there are neutral cards, too. That are uh, There are other cards known as artifacts, and then there are cards known as planeswalkers. The game has a few rules to it that once you learn them, you understand yeah. how the game goes, but at its base, you win the game in a few ways. Number one, as the player, you have a 20-sided die that is known as your health counter, and that health counter will tick down as players attack your health bar, so to speak, but you can put monsters down on the field in order to protect yourself. You can put down planeswalkers that have special abilities uh, that they can do each turn. Planeswalkers are almost if there's another player on the field on your side with you. And so players okay. can sometimes choose, depending on the card, if they want to attack your planeswalker, if they want to attack you. You know, it, it, it's sort of weird uh, how the rules are sometimes. But like I said, there are always exceptions to how something is supposed to be done in Magic the Gathering. The game is so timeless and it has been around for so long that there is always a way around something. Uh, the card just may be a little bit older in order to do so. So Awesome. This is a really great game. Uh, it's interesting that they're reprinting this Lotus again. I mean, it's it reminds me of Pokemon reprinting Charizard for the millionth time. They're going to keep doing it because they can. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is one of the cards that Magic the Gathering is doing that with over and over and over again because everyone loves a good Lotus. So... That's enough there. That's enough there. So black, you know, black lotus, uh, timeless lotus. We'll we'll see how uh, the Magic: The Gathering set uh, Dominaria United fares with this new card. I've I've honestly, there were tons of articles about this upcoming set when I was looking yeah. up esports news. This was some of the top stuff. So yeah, it's a popular game. It's uh, people like Magic: The Gathering. It's one of those games that just stood the test. It's a good one, like you said. It it, it yeah. stood the test. Okay, up next, Patrick Mahomes in Fortnite. 
Well, you know what? He's he's rushing into his way uh, into a video game here. He's not the first, and he will certainly not be the last. But it's hilarious. Fortnite is an IP known for basically teaming up with every other IP to ever exist and being yeah. like, we will put your brand into the game as a skin, and players can rep you in-game as a skin. And literally, like, players, companies, brands... Whatever they could do to put themselves into Fortnite, they are doing it. Yeah. TV show. It says characters. he joins the Icon series. Are you yeah. aware of what the Icon series is? So I think there's a specific like series. So every skin gets categorized into a specific series. So if they release a new Marvel skin, it's a part of the Marvel series. If they release a new Star Wars skin, it's a part of the Star Wars series. They like to categorize these skins into different places. Bless you. They like to categorize these uh, these skins into different places. In order to, you know, organize them nicely onto Fortnite with however they do so. So I have to imagine there are other Icon Series folks. Like, for example, um, I feel like Dwayne The Rock Johnson would probably be under the Icon Series. Maybe I'm wrong, but he he might be in another series. But uh, I know that he was revealed like last season of the, uh, you know, few chapters before. This was a while ago, but. Um, Interesting. I don't. I don't see him in here. Okay. He so may have. He may have been built into the storyline. He was built into the storyline with a very specific character in mind. So yeah. I'm not surprised. Not surprised. So I can. I can tell you who the other ones are in Please. the Icon series. Please. So it looks like uh, first up we have Ali A, longtime okay. YouTuber. Yep. Then surprisingly Anderson Pack, who makes some pretty awesome music. Um, he's in the Icon series. Ariana Grande, Bruno yes. Mars, Uga. Chica, I don't know who that is. Um, Chloe Kim, Harry Kane, who's a soccer player. It looks like Jay Balvin, who is a musician. Lachlan, who makes YouTube videos. Laser Beam, same thing. LeBron James, Loser Fruit, uh, YouTuber. Mahomes, yep. Saucy Style. That's what we're getting from uh, from Fortnite. And then we've got you know more athletes, more musicians. It's, it's oh, yeah. really you know that that group. Yeah. So uh, basically, celebrities in in a sort of suit uh, are, who have somehow either had an in-game concert or have done something, some crossover event, or That's cool. just simply I, you know, I have wonder, a skin. I wonder if they're hoping to get you know NFL streaming rights in Fortnite. That would be so crazy, right? That'd if be big. Thursday night football games were streamed in Fortnite and uh, you know, in wherever it used to be, um, the old drive-in movie theater. Yeah. Risky deals, I think it was. I got you. I got you. Well, for now, for now, Thursday Night Football has actually been picked up by Amazon Prime this year. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Well, All these streaming giants picking up some of the biggest broadcasts on TV because TV's dying. Sorry to yeah. say, but, you know. That's what it is. Is what it is. Okay. Up next, Pokemon World Championships have just concluded this past weekend. New champions have been crowned. There was a little bit of drama surrounding the video game champions. Um, The runner-up and the champions themselves have had some online drama with their social media accounts. And all I got to say is this. Folks, see, watch, listen, and will interpret what you say and do on the internet at all times. It's hard to get rid of stuff once you post it online. So always be wise. Always be smart. And never just don't be cruel. Don't be mean to people. Don't bully. Don't harass. Um, you know, because a lot of people will will take what you say and use it against you for good reason. You know, we're yeah. we're trying to be progressive here, folks, as a society. 
to maybe get away from the bullying and such just a little bit. Now, so someone did something like that. Someone, took um, a old there were, you know, one player made some misogynistic comments a little bit too much, and that got leaked. And then uh, another player, I think, made some transphobic comments at one point in time and like hate rated a, a streamer. Um, That's no good. Listen, putting those things aside, the players did extremely well. Um, the player who won, actually, it's pretty sad, you know. For all this stuff that was going on, uh, they had originally lied about what they had said they had not done, and then it came out that he had actually had done that stuff, and then was like, "Yeah, sorry, I was lying. I'm telling the truth now." Um, he kind of disappeared out of the public eye for most of the year, and then he was still qualified for world, so he went. He went and he dominated, and I'm not surprised. He was one of the very early dominant players in the Sword and Shield era on the Pokemon Switch and now that this is done I'm not surprised that he is a world champion it just sucks that his world champion spotlight is definitely shaded quite a bit by his online interactions and and mistakes but I think people can change second chances are definitely there uh, people can still be hurt by what was said but at the end of the day time keeps moving forward and if you're going to keep living in the past on this on this sort of stuff uh, it is what it is. You know, if the Pokemon company doesn't want to take initiative on stuff, it's there's not much you can do, you know, so that it is what it is. But putting that aside, what I want to also talk about here is the fact that they have officially announced that they are moving the competitive for the video game to their new releases this upcoming November to Scarlet and Violet, a region based on España, Spain, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it looks like a very promising game with lots of new Pokemon, new regional forms, a new gimmick uh, to bring the competitive to to its knees in terms of uh, something that seems to be quite interesting where Pokemon will have a hidden uh, typing where uh, once uh, we don't know the official uh, like rules around the mechanic but probably once per battle a pokemon is able to what they call terrestrial ter uh it's like ha turning basically they turn all shiny and like into a gem and they they get a cool like headpiece uh relating to a specific typing and uh during the battle the pokemon will terrestrialize there we go into there this go. type and so this can be used offensively and defensively. So, for example, Jacob, Tyranitar, wonderful Pokemon, dark rock type Pokemon in, in Pokemon. Um, it is four times weak to fighting because fighting is two times against rock, two times against dark. So it's four times weak. So a fighting type move into Titar usually means certain death. However, if the Tyranitar was to terrestrialize into a ghost type in the correct turn before a fighting type attack was to hit it it is no longer affected by the fighting type attack because because ghost types are not affected by fighting type moves yeah it is so that that is what theoretically people were talking about oh this could be used defensively yeah, and, and and does it go into its special mode randomly or when specified by the player when specified by the player it is not randomized yeah. now that's just me guessing they don't just throw a gimmick in like that at a random time it's always yeah. a, a like a sort of pre-planned thing 
Yeah, uh, this the, is cool. It sounds like it's uh, it's a step forward for the esports. It sounds like they're taking the esports seriously. Well, right? so, they're putting something in the game that's based, you know, for esports. It's sad that COVID occurred because Sword and Shield was the game that they oh, had really? built for the competitive. And so Dang. this was the first and last world championships for Sword and Shield when Sword and Shield was supposed to get three full years of competitive Dang. action at Worlds. Like, this so was did, the game. Yeah. They do similar Call of Duty where they switch up the title every other year or something? They used to do that. They used to do that, and they somewhat still do, but Sword and Shield, when when they made the game, I remember being at Worlds uh, the year before the game released in 2018, and they said, just you wait. We are designing a game that is going to be for you competitive players more so than ever, and they couldn't have been uh, closer to the truth with that. It, so, was, it was a good game. Sword it was, Shield was good. It was a great competitive game. Story-wise, it was pretty lacking. They had a couple yeah. DLCs that added to it, but it was so-so. It was so-so in my opinion. But if you if yeah. you love the games, you love the games, and you appreciate that there's content overall. But mm. at the end of the day, new games are going to have the competitive on them. And the question is, you know, are we going to have a full DEX again? Are we going to have a partial regional decks? People were really butthurt in Sword and Shield when not every Pokemon was not in the game because Please. they literally said, we can't fit all the Mons into the game. There are now more than a thousand different sprites that we got to put into the game, and that's that's not including all the different Pokemon. So they were like, listen, be patient with us. We will keep adding Mons. And they did. They kept adding Mons with the DLC. But they didn't add them all. And so people call it Dexit, uh, at, like similar to, to Britain's Brexit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, people people on the internet being butthurt about not having their freaking sun floor on the game. I'm like, come on. Can you, like, relax just a little bit? Like, they're putting out a whole new game. Like, just, just, just relax. So, you know, some people will die on that hill of not having every Pokemon in their game. But, uh... For me, uh, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I'm grateful the game's here. Grateful it's coming out. We'll see what the new games entail. Um, the Oh, and I'll mention this too, Jacob. I don't know if you ever collected Pokemon cards as a kid, but if you did, and like many of us who, who did, you'll remember that older sets had, this, had these cards called EX cards, right? Raichu EX, Blastoise EX. This was like the first big mechanic for Pokemon. To distinguish okay. a regular card from like an EX card, um, EXs are usually shiny. You know they're they're special. Yeah. They're bringing the EX name back after all okay. of these years of being gone, and it's a huge throwback. And honestly, That's it's cool. like very nostalgic. And so I'm I'm in love with the idea. Very excited for it because like this is something that as a kid you would collect EXs, but they've they've had GXs. Uh, you know, level X, level L, you know, all these different things mm. in term of EX. And now they're going back to it. So card games going back to its roots just a little bit here. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's great. It's great to see. I like your, I like your next topic, though. Oh, um, yeah. This is going to be interesting. interesting. And I figure you could. There are some topics here that I'm going to need your help with, Jacob. You've got some better understanding than I do. So uh, why, why don't you kick this one off? Because uh, I, I saw this and I go, this is interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting. So there's a lot in this article. So the article is called Telegram CEO proposes auctioning usernames, links as NFTs. Uh, basically what he wants to do is 
you know, your Telegram username, it can be an NFT. Uh, that way there can only be one of you. And that way you can, you know, know it's you and you can sell it on the blockchain. Nice. Uh, Telegram has quite a bit of experience in crypto, right? We know it's like a crypto messaging app, but I didn't know they had so much funding and, you know, resources in deep crypto. Um, so it looks like in 2020, they were forced by the SEC to give up their uh, blockchain, which is called the TON blockchain, T-O-N. Uh, it says it was originally designed by Telegram, but the control of the blockchain was handed over to the open network community in June of 2020. Uh, the firm was forced to forfeit ownership as part of a settlement deal with the SEC. Um, they've done a lot. You know, they've also sold tokens. Uh, you know, they, they, they did a 1.7 billion sale of Graham tokens during that investigation. Um, yeah. And what really sparked the interest for the CEO in doing this is that, you know, the ton blockchain, which is now owned by the open network, um, sold about $3 million worth of domain names. Um, and we see a, there's a lot of stuff with domain names, right? Dot ETH is huge. Dot Soul. Um, dot Crypto may even be a thing, but now Dot Ton is a thing, and and Telegram's looking to do Dot Telegram or, or or something along those lines too. It's a I lot like, here. Yeah, there's a lot there. I just at its base, I like the idea of official NFT usernames. That seems really cool as a way to almost like make yourself official on their platform you know what i mean i feel like yeah. it's it could be similar to getting a blue check mark being like yo i own this name this is me it is i am official right like it that is. i feel like it's it's, it's almost close to that and i mean if this if this would take off man watch other platforms jump on this real real quick. yeah i agree you know part of it is that you kind of need a blockchain for these names to make any sense right it needs to be dot eth or it needs to be something that plugs into the blockchain it's associated with. Um, gotcha. And it looks like they have their own blockchain already, right? They have dot, dot ton, T-O-N. Gosh, I wish I knew how to actually pronounce that. It could be ton, it could be ton. <laughs> um, but I think this will happen, actually. I, I, I think Telegram is in a great spot um, in some degree. But what they lack is exactly this. They lack, you know, there's a ton of scams on Telegram, right? They need some level of authenticity right yeah. some some verification system and use the blockchain because it's so easy to do right sad uh, this to, is cool. sad to say you know um that's the same for discord though you know scams come and go uh messaging platforms designed to bring people together to allow for ease of communication allow for ease of scams to also occur yeah and if you if if you are dumb enough to not do your research and to just click on links without knowing who you're who you're getting it from and if you can trust them, that's going to be on you, my friend. You know, so yeah. uh, I I hear you there, but uh, some type of authenticity should. Uh, yeah, I should see nice. Discord as it as being in a little bit better of a place than Telegram, though. Discord's really became a a, a good spot. Yeah. I know there are there are so many scams. But like sure. every NFT project, you know, it, it chooses Discord over Telegram a little bit, right? For a community well, of course. Oh, to yeah. grow, right? So it, it's interesting. I see them as really similar platforms, right? They're the two platforms that have really grown because of this whole crypto thing. Um, they're both succeeding. But to me, Discord has a little bit of a better brand name right now. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I'm with you, man. I am with you there. 
Awesome. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Uh, sh- it could be could be interesting, could be fun, or it could be a total fail. So we'll find yeah. out in a matter of time. Up next, talking about total fails, uh, the Fed's digital dollar. So we've talked about this in the past, how the U.S. Treasury was considering uh, a turn to a digital U.S. currency. This would really uh, make way for the U.S. Treasury to get into crypto, but bankers and big betters into crypto are actually very much against the U.S. government getting into crypto because, I mean, let's talk about this for a moment. We're talking about a huge federal government, basically basically a central authority in the world for, for economy, getting into the crypto economy with the U.S. dollar. Now, so many crypto like projects are proportional to the U.S. dollar. And so what happens when the U.S. dollar goes, we now have a federal virtual U.S. dollar. What the fuck? I'm sorry. What the fuck do you do? Do you base your crypto off of the the digital dollar based off of the dollar? Like, (laughs) how does that work? Right? Now, this isn't what was brought up too much in the article, but this is just what I'm saying from like a basic like I'm a Joe Schmo when it comes to crypto. I still am. I've tried to learn as much as I can. But from a Joe Schmo perspective, I got to say, like, I would not want the U.S. digital dollar getting in the way of the fact that we base crypto off of the regular currency that exists today. So this is what I would be concerned about. And so in this article, it says that uh, there's a specific individual. Attorney General Merrick Garland has until September 5th to determine if any new laws are necessary for the Fed to move forward with the digital dollar. Yeah, this is interesting. This um, is gonna be- I would be surprised if the, the crypto dollar you know, had any difference than the price of a regular dollar, right? It's just basically a new version of Tether. Um, but the, the worry is, right, you know, if this coin is, you know, Ethereum compatible, is it just going to wipe out every other coin? Right. Is it just going to take Ethereum and say, you know, why even hold Ethereum if um, the U.S. dollar coin is is on the Ethereum blockchain or compatible with it? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot coming in to the to, to such a kind of established in, in some degree ecosystem. Um, I would be I, I would want to hear more about why big crypto doesn't want the, the government dollar. Um, that's interesting. There's a lot in this article from Politico, which, by the way, it's it's a big deal for Politico to be reporting on something like this, too. So they're taking it seriously. And there are a lot of folks in, in Congress and in Washington that are tied up in this debate, some of them against it, some of them for it. And obviously the ones against are a lot of them are people who are already invested into crypto. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see where this goes in the next year or so. I don't know if this will really come down in the Biden administration. What I could see is a younger president being elected in the near future, and they could really be the change. If if Andrew Yang is president, we're getting this ASAP. There's no way Andrew Yang is going to be president. You can't start a third party (laughs) in the United States and expect to actually do good. All you do is all you do is pull votes away from one of the main two parties, and that's what's going to happen. If he would have stayed with a real party and, you know, maybe it's not this this year, but he could have won eventually. I mean, uh, he's a smart guy. He talks well. He wants, you know, good for most of America. 
I think he could have won. I mean, I don't know. You know, he wasn't getting, you know, for obvious reasons, he's not going to get a lot of votes, you know, just because some people can't change the way they see. Yep. Um, and that may have just, that may actually just forever hold him back. But, it, you know, if, if my vote was who decided who was going to be president, Andrew Yang would be president 100 times out of 100 times. Hey, man, some people would agree with you. Some people are definitely against you. I, for yeah. one, it's not my cup of tea, but I get it. I he, he made a lot of good points while he was running. So I, I understand. I was studying all of this during the presidential run. So yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'm ya. not a history guy, but I always pay attention to the presidential elections uh, much more so than I do other history. It's always I got you, man. Always. It, oh, it's always great. Always fun to watch. I mean, Anytime you, you see a presidential election, all you have to ask is, how much money does that candidate have in their war chest? The more money they have, the more likely they're going to be president. That's pretty much like end of the day. How <laughs> yeah, it's except decided. for the New York guy. The New York guy can't be president to save his life. What's his name? Um, San, no, not DeSantis. Um, well, there's the, yeah. I, so, well, the problem was he, he came in too late. Yeah, he did come in too late, but he comes in too late like every George single George Soros. Time. Who? Wasn't it George Soros or Soros or no, something? No, like no, I'm thinking of uh, like a, a big name in New York City. I know what you're talking about. Um, I know, I know who we're talking about. Big billionaire, like basically tried to buy his way in. It didn't work. Yeah, he tried to buy his way into Super Tuesday and he failed M- miserably. Miserably, it was, it was, yeah. Okay, up next here, CoinDesk talking about. The Ethereum merge. Uh, there have been so many articles about how all of these big players in ETH have been getting out and then getting back in. And this article is suggesting that the merge is going to be such a prosperous time. It is a basically, I think it's a pretty opinionated article that goes into saying, look, we think that this is priced in and that it's going to really shoot up in value after the merge. Which could be true. I mean, if if you're talking about an improvement of your product, right, and that people like your product and have been buying it currently, it makes sense logically that probably people will want to buy more. And if, yeah. if you have people buying in, what's going to happen? The price is going to go up. That's just pure like common sense and logic, right? You know, buying and selling. Like that's. I'm sure there's more to it, but at at its base, it's like. That's probably it. But people are saying, get in now before it's too late. You know, that's yeah. what they said with, with Bitcoin. Get in now before it's yeah. too late, right? Yeah. So well, maybe maybe don't buy in today because Ethereum's up 6% today. But uh, <laughs> it could be priced in. You know, the thing about Ethereum is that it was sold off more than Bitcoin and uh, Solana, other currencies of, of similar stature. Um, recently, it was, it was just sold off a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's rebounded a little bit more, too. But you know, I, I don't think people really know the answer to this question. I don't think people know what the gas costs are going to be. Okay. The gas costs are 40 cents, right? That's still high relative to like Binance Smart Chain and Polygon. But if gas prices are really competitive, it could go crazy, right? Um, it could. I don't think people know if it's priced in. I think it's too much speculation. Um, people don't even know when it's actually going to go live, right? It could be delayed again. Um, they don't know exactly what the gas fees are going to be. They don't know what the economics of the, the blockchain are going to look like once the, the proof of stake is done. So much stuff is going to change. This is huge, huge, huge mm-hmm. for cryptocurrency in general, right? This may be the biggest move. I mean, no blockchain that 
a successful one has ever ported their basic code, right? What makes Bitcoin so good is that fact is that it's all it is is a currency. There's nothing else available for Bitcoin, right? Yep. The, the the value proposition of Bitcoin is it just exists. It doesn't do anything else. So Ethereum's you know, moving in the other direction. They are and always have been the other currency to Bitcoin. This is a move that that makes them more scalable as a, a currency used for transactions and interactions, smart contracts, all that good stuff. So, you know, interesting stuff. You said it best. I'm going to leave it there, Jacob. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to leave it there. Up next here, metaverse is a key factor in long term NFT success, says new research. Now, this this article is a little vague with the new research. It's kind of a clickbaity title. Metaverse, yeah, this this, you know, this could have been deuce crypto right in this. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he writes for Coin Telegraph. <laughs> no way, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's well, right. Okay, okay. Well, you know this. I think I think metaverse has turned more and more into a buzzword than it is an actual thing, because so many people are creating their own virtual world and an area, um, whether it be a, a giant such as Facebook or a small smaller brand such as um, it was known as Gamer Jive before, but. Um, they recently changed their name. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, you get the point. Long-term success of NFTs. Okay, I could see that. The only thing is is that the metaverse aims to be like, many of them are like 3D, like run around as an avatar of some kind type of platform. And most NFTs, you know, most of the popular ones right now, are the profile picture NFTs, the NFTs that have the utility of, look, I'm cool because I bought this NFT and I'm a part of this brand or I have this specific image about me now because I bought in, right, with all of these other celebrities and people shilling whatever, whatever you know, popular blue chip project is, is out there. Is it yeah. a, key, a key factor for long-term NFT success? Probably because yeah, the I, don't I, I don't know. I mean – I feel like combining a metaverse of like creating a virtual place for people to come together and having ownership over specific items virtually, whether it be music, videos, images, games. Well, like what NFT is it metaverse related, right? I mean, the point of the metaverse is for everything to be an you know operable that's that's on the blockchain, or that's the metaverse is like uh, an open space on the internet that accepts everything and right you can't have an nft that that isn't an nft if it if it's an, an nft it, it, it it's associated with the metaverse exactly uh, I don't, this is interesting you know the metaverse is so wishy-washy at this point right yeah. you, you, you oh, yeah. saw for example nft worlds with you know a really good project metaverse asked built on minecraft but they're gone now right they can't operate they banned from from using minecraft servers yep Right. You know, Minecraft is probably one of the Minecraft. biggest metaverses, you know, M Minecraft, Roblox. Those are the metaverses, Right, the metaverses aren't really blockchain. Yet. Well, hold on. Right. Hold on. I, I think that's a little far to go. Minecraft and Roblox being metaverses. Well, maybe Roblox. Yeah, the metaverse has nothing to do with I guess metaverse doesn't really have anything to do with crypto. Right. It's just kind of become that, you know, metaverse is always used, you know, when when, you know, right next to the word NFT. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think long-term success for NFT projects are projects that have long-term plans, right? Projects that want to do something for the long-term that you know don't want to just make a quick buck. Uh, 
yep. that have some some infrastructure in place to scale right that's what matters that's true a lot of projects will give you really big bets on what they're going to do and even with the long-term five-year plan some of those projects will fall through right unless they have the structure there to support what they're doing it's going to be tough it's going to be tough absolutely up next heidi klum so i we know heidi klum she's you know celebrity uh she also happens to be quite a good artist during covid she'd post various videos of her art lately she's decided that she's doing um portraits of uh board Bia club for for her art and so the article kind of just dives into like why are, why is she doing board Ape Yacht club portraits and probably because if you're a celebrity and want to stay relevant if you're an artist yeah. right like to be fair, like if, if you have so a lot of her art is based on like what she sees and then she recreates it into art. There's actually a beautiful rosebush painting on this uh, on this article yeah. that she does here that I'm like, yo, that's pretty good. But I mean, how hard is it to look at a board ape and go, okay, uh, well, I guess I'll just paint that like stroke for stroke. It's like tracing almost. Did you see that, her board ape picture? Yeah, in fact, there's a picture on the article of her in Times Square with the board eight posted yeah. up, right? I, it I should actually be think there. it looks okay. I think oh, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not critical one. of the art, and I, I'm not really critical whatsoever. I just was like, Heidi Klum painting board apes. Okay, interesting. This, yeah. this is kind of funny, but uh, also kind of cool. Reminds me of when Jim Carrey was being uh, you know, pro pro uh, Democrat during COVID and painting like these funny ass paintings of trump and like other republicans <laughs> like as That's like funny. these weird characters it's just you know artists being artists sometimes they're weird sometimes it doesn't make sense and sometimes it's like oh political statement or in, in heidi klum's case i mean she's doing board apes she's doing board did, apes. did she say why she switched out to board apes or why she's doing board apes honestly i i didn't see well i'm, I'm as i'm seeing now i guess she has only two nfts one of which is a crypto punk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the other so thing, too. Know. It didn't actually say that she was a board ape owner. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Kind of weird, but... She, I'm sure she gets consent from these people. Probably. And these people probably want a painting from Heidi Klum. So... Yeah. Right? Exactly. Period. Okay, this next article, I need your help, Jacob, because I, I knew you would understand this better than me. Tell me what this is all about. Metablocks announced its first minor pegged NFT limited pre-launch on Binance NFT NFT market. So you've got a better idea of this, like this pegging stuff. And no, folks, we're not talking about that type of pegging. We're talking about <laughs> NFT pegging. Okay. <laughs> um, this is crazy. Yeah. So can you explain this in sort of like a, a layman's terms? Um, because I looked at it and go, this, this looks big. I just don't completely understand it yeah I'm, I'm reading it for the first time right now i got you i you got know, you it's like uh it, it it looks like it's you know a passive income nft okay where miners do work for you based on your ownership of that nft and the profits are somewhat split i think yeah so the miners generate passive income mblx tokens for the nft holders i assume that's split somehow um, but it also looks like it gives you each will link to a miner that provides the general public with free Wi-Fi at particular locations. Now, that's cool. 
I don't know what that means. You know, maybe there's some thing where, you know, because Theta TV does something like this, right? Okay. When you watch on Theta, you're actually giving a portion of your bandwidth to Theta to sell or to use to power their network, right? It's like it's like sharing bandwidth through Twitch or, or you know, through streaming. This is kind of similar, but it looks to be all incredibly crypto focused and all passive income focused. Okay. I don't know. It, it's something you got to, you know, look at, right? Is the founding team, do they have experience with staking? Do they have experience in this space? Um, I can't say too much off of it right off the bat, really. It's well, interesting though. We'll see where it goes. I'm sure we'll, it'll be brought up again uh, if if it keeps going and is, is a big enough thing, right? Uh, I mean, we've oh, yeah. seen several topics come back again and again. And in fact, our last topic for today, we brought up last week, the Pudgy Penguin NFT. Fun fact has gone up and has seen a 400% increase in this NFT wow. bear market. And so why am I talking about this? Well, this is potential blue chip NFT status in a time where a lot of people are like, ooh, this is not a good time to, to be in NFTs. Yeah. So uh, this, is, this is the one that was making toys, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Webkins, Webkins were so popular, man. If they could do something similar to Webkins, right? Like, I mean, Bro, higher, look at higher that initial photo. Company. How do you not look at that photo and go, man, Club Penguin, right? Like, yeah, same how, thing, do you right? Not, yeah. how do you not did, look at this and Club go, Club Penguin give out physical toys too? No. Okay, okay. No. And it was not crypto based either. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like a next level, like, Web3 Cup Club Pen Penguin. Yeah, this is cool. This is what this, this, is what this looks like. Um, yeah. But it looks like they officially released their toys lineup from the community. And uh I mean they say more more they, they're saying that more is coming too. So this is pretty big for their community. Really cool to see. Wow. I didn't realize the the collection was recently sold to just a dude in Los Angeles. Like the whole collection for two and a half million. And he's taking it to the next level. A guy named Luca Nets. Wow, yeah, it's cool. He he didn't I'll, buy everyone's it. pudgy penguins, right? He bought like the rights to the collection, so he bought oh, the okay. wallet that was registered on OpenSea to the collection. Probably got you, got you, got you. Okay, I was gonna. I don't say. know how it's done in a centralized yeah. way, but he did hey, it somehow. Somehow it was done, right? Yeah. This this person saw the potential of of plushy penguins, right? Plushy pudgy penguins. PPP. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Lots of fun here on the Esports Forever podcast. And as as always, please drop us a follow, subscribe, comment down be below, give us a like, let other folks know about the podcast. If there's someone you want to see on here, let us know. We're going to be looking for guests again as fall comes around. Summertime has been fun, Jacob and I. We love doing this, but we also love having a guest on too. So let us know if there's anyone that you want to see on here more specifically because we'd love to reach out to them. As always, thank of you course. to EMP.Money, our sponsor for the podcast. Go check them out. Wonderful community, wonderful folks running that thing over there. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. As always, until next time, folks, we out. See you then.